Welcome to the 18th episode of Junto Club. On this episode, Jake's back, we think about the definition of the word want, Matt gives an update on the infrastructure bill, and we talk about Bruce Lee, his philosophy, and different martial arts. For any questions, comments, or if you'd like to rant on something important to you, email juntoclubpodcast at gmail.com. This is Junto Club. Club. All right, we're good. Good to go. All right, welcome to the uh, 18th meeting of the Junto Club, uh, which was inspired by the original Junto Club founded by Benjamin Franklin about 300 years ago. So to discuss like uh, philosophy, science, uh, politics, anything that you know interests us. So. This week, we think uh, we're going to talk about Bruce Lee, a man of my, that inspires me a lot. When I was like, I actually first discovered him when I was like, almost like 15, 20 years ago. So, and then anyway, so we're going to talk more about him, his life and everything else, or any question you have. So, yeah. So let's get to it. So as per usual, we're going to start with a quote from Benjamin Franklin. And actually, yeah, today's quote actually, um, all right, for you guys, I did not post it this on Google, that, but here it is. A uh, quote, want of care does us more damage than want of knowledge. Unquote. Want of care? Like C-A-R-E? Yeah. Yes. Mm. Repeat, the, repeat it one more time. Want of care does us more damage than want of knowledge. Makes sense. When you care about something, you get more invested and like, you could hurt more, right? You know, and... Maybe you can cloud judgment to some extent, right? But knowledge is abstract, I guess, you know, and seeking that, there's not much pain in it. I mean, maybe the knowledge hurts, but I feel like caring, you know, you can over care about something and it's like harming you to some degree. Hmm. Yeah, but it, so it's about the want of care. So is it like wanting someone to care about you or wanting something to care about? Like, I think the latter. Hmm. That's what I think. What's, what's the latter? The wanting to care about something. That's how, that's how I take it. Like wanting to care about something versus wanting to have knowledge, I guess. So I guess, uh, yeah, go ahead. Uh, or, Matt. or maybe both or maybe both. Sorry. Hmm. Oh, okay. Well, uh, so Matt, were you following up with anything? No. no. <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay. So um, I guess a potential and a different definition of care is like want of like want some uh, well so want something to care for you or like you know like care can be sort of another word for like security or like safety so mm. i guess like i guess wanting to sort of be cared for or like in a like a secure environment versus like knowledge is something that must be i guess or that is something that's to be pursued so um I don't know. Mm. I mean, that's sort of just me bullshitting there. I mean, I could see what Jake was saying sort of when he first mm. described it, but yeah. So that was, okay. but I, I guess I could see the wanting of care being like, want to be cared about mm-hmm. and wanting to care for somebody, you know, I mean, cause a care can be taken away, couldn't it? You know, I mean, can't yeah. you like get someone not care about you anymore? And that hurts, but knowledge, like you said, is a constant pursuit. I mean, how does that hurt you? You know? So, mm. so anything from you, Matt? No, I think these are all valid. There's definitely a few ways you could take it. So yeah. I want to ask you a question. Like, what, what do you mean? What does want mean, I guess, here in this context? So, so I think it's trying to say like what you desire, right? So want of knowledge seems more straightforward because it's like, okay, the want of mm. knowledge would just be like the desire to have more knowledge, gain knowledge. Ah. So then it's similar for the want of care. It's just we have a few ideas of what he could mean by care, you know, care about people caring about you, you know, yourself being cared for, you know, care, mm. you caring about something else. Oh, that's interesting. Actually, uh, when I, I feel like cause want of care means, I think it means lack of care, not, mm. not like desire of care. It's more like lack, like 
you don't have care, right? Lack mm. of oh, care. Okay. Yeah. That yeah. phrase can be used like that too. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Yeah. yeah so you don't care, but you know, yeah. you just so, want to care, but you don't yeah. care. Yeah, right. yeah. So if you if you the lack basically if you replace one with lack, it means lack of care does more damage than lack of knowledge, right? Mm. I like that interpretation. Yeah, yeah. that's cool. That's it's yeah. almost it's almost kind of pointing out depression in a sense. But like, if you don't really have any motivation, <laughs> you really can't do anything, right? Like, if you don't care about anything, mm. well, good is knowledge. Hard. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Yeah, now your job, your work, your career, your you know project work on that. If you don't really care about it, even if you are a genius, you know you're Einstein and you know everything about this project. If you don't really care about it, you know is it gonna do more damage than yeah? Yeah, that's cool. I like, I like shoes idea best. Yeah, no, that <laughs> yeah. was a good one. You win today. You win. You win that one. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Perfect. I should win. Ben would time. be proud. <laughs> All right, so um, all right, let's go to news and the news roundtable. Round what do we have today? All right, I put in something that's not exactly news, but I wanted to fill in on something we talked about last week. So I, I mentioned Biden's infrastructure plan yeah. and that it has a proposal to make it paid for via tax. And Mike was like, as long as he's not breaking his promise taxing me. That's right. Mm. <laughs> um, so I came back after reading about his proposed tax plan um, and there's no new taxes on individuals. What he wants to do is raise the corporate tax rate from the 21% it is now to 28%. Now, under Trump, we lowered it from 35 to 21. So this kind of splits mm. that difference in half. Mm. Um, and then the other big part of it is basically make some efforts to make it harder for corporations to avoid that tax rate. So mm. both in terms of things about like offshoring, you know, offices and profits and claiming it in another country. And then also proposing a corporate minimum tax. So you can't necessarily, I think the idea is you can't necessarily use deductions and rebates and stuff to remove all of your tax burden, right? That's like something Amazon's done. People are like, oh, they have so much revenue, but there are years where they paid no tax because they invested so much of it back into things. And that lets you, you don't have to pay taxes on stuff like if you invested or use it in certain ways. So, and those are like incentives that are good, right? Like, oh, you want companies to reinvest, but there might be, you might say, okay, well, there's a limit if you do it too much. And that's kind of what the minimum tax is supposed to address. So anyway, so that's how it plans to pay for it, Michael. It would not hit you directly. Uh, I mean, obviously taxes on corporations in the end do have to be paid by poor consumers, but that's, you know. No. Misdirection. Yeah. (laughs) No, that's probably fine then. So you, you say it's increasing from the current level from 21% to 28%? Is that That's the saying? proposal, oh. yeah. Mm, okay. Well, like I said, which is exactly halfway to the value it was before uh, Trump's term when he cut it way back. So, you know, that seems like a reasonable compromise of like, hey, this was too low. We don't have to necessarily go all the way back up. But yeah, no, I mean, I think, uh, I don't know. I guess 28% is a lot of money, but I guess like, I mean, obviously companies like Amazon, if they were investing it, like I go back and forth. I mean, yeah, I, I almost wish there was a way to incentivize them to invest it in ways that would be beneficial to like society at large, you know, as mm-hmm. like, so, but I mean, I guess if, if we could get bigger companies like that to pay, even a few percent in taxes, I feel like that that would be a massive influx of money to the government. So, mm-hmm. I mean, I think it is good. Like Amazon obviously does a huge amount of R and D and, you know, development and investment in their own company, which I think is good overall that they're doing that. But I do think there's logic of saying, Hey, that's like not the only thing we need money for. And government can invest in some things that private companies can't. Right. Right. Like infrastructure, right? You're not going to have private companies rebuild our infrastructure. That's never going to work. Uh, well, so. wait a minute. So uh, I've thought of this. You incentivize companies and say, hey, if you give us like a billion dollars for infrastructure, we give you like your own lane on highways. <laughs> like Amazon employees can like it, like for like it's a it's a lane on highways where you need to be an employee of a company that invested over a billion dollars. Mm-hmm. Highway eighty five now sponsored by Amazon. That's <laughs> With right, the Amazon yeah. lane. That's exactly. And it'll be told. Prime members yeah. can go ride in it for free. Yeah, that's right. 
Yeah. I, I think I there are ways to get it done, but I, I, I guess taxes is whatever. <laughs> <laughs> taxes is whatever. Just the way that's worked for hundreds of years. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> so. so anyway, I mean, this is all proposals right now. So, you know, I don't even know if they have like a f- concrete bill written. Certainly mm-hmm. hasn't been anything voted on, but yeah, that's the plan. Okay. Well, some people are slamming is a is it for a green new deal? Do you anything? Do you have any info on that? <laughs> yeah, I I saw something like that, and I'm pretty sure it's the most. It's just like an incoherent straw man, right? They're just mm-hmm. like, we're just gonna call it a green new deal, even though it has nothing to do with that at all, and then as just like a way to attack it, right? Like it's just. Mm-hmm. It's it's like hilariously transparent about how silly it is. I mean, even Trump wanted to do infrastructure when he ran both times. He talked about talked about it, and the bill's not like, I mean, the infrastructure bill. I don't see much that's not bipartisan, right? It seems pretty straightforward. Both sides think infrastructure and jobs are good, so you know. Mm. Okay. Yeah. Whatever. Any that aside, any other news topics anyone else wanted to bring up? I mean, there. I, I was planned on looking at the news and just didn't. So. <laughs> <laughs> what? You're not busy? It's been a. I don't know. I mean, I, it's it's not even that busy. It's just more like I don't know. Like I'll occasionally glance. Like, I mean, I, like DMX. That was news. Oh yeah, yeah. He's like brain dead, right, or something. Yeah, like that? he's like... in a vegetative state. Yeah. Who's DMX? A rapper. Yeah, there you go. Yeah. Well, what happened? I forgot. I didn't read. Why is he in like a vegetative state? OD'd and had a heart attack because of it. Ah. Classic. Yeah. Yeah. What going out on time? (laughs) And I, yeah, you got to pull an old dirty bastard and like hide cocaine in your ass or something, right? Or swallow it. And nobody did. Uh, Old dirty bastard. Yeah, I know who you're talking about, but yeah, I don't remember the circumstances surrounding his death. All right, I got a question for Matt. Did you look into the Georgia voting law thing? Oh, uh, not much. Okay, okay. No uh, worries. The, the two things I know, apparently, it's removes the food and water. Yeah. And I think they want you to now provide a copy of identification on mail-in ballots, which I think is one of the things people are annoyed about. Oh, okay. Because um, like right now, you have you still have to register and then ask for it. And then you have to do a signature that they check. But mm. they want like a photocopy of like, I guess, a license or something, mm. which does seem annoying because, you know, most I don't think most people have printers at home these days. I don't. Mm. And uh, so that's just like a bit hassle to be like, OK, now I got to go out of way, my way to print something like you've all, if you've already registered for vote. Right. Like they've already checked your identity. Mm. OK. And right. there's other stuff in there too, but I don't even. Okay, okay. Yeah, just a lot of controversy, like a lot of sports activity, like getting, like pulling out of Georgia, right? So, yeah. It's not just hurting the people. Like, why do you, why do you, there's no need to do that, right? Well, some people would say they're trying to uh, retain their power on Georgia despite Atlanta growing the Democratic base in the state. Mm. So, the need to do it is the fact that they're going to potentially lose their you know, positions. Oh yeah, no, no. I, I guess I, I mean uh, for business, like you know, like main like uh, baseball to like pulling out the game of Atlanta, right? I'm, yeah. I'm saying that knows are kind of unnecessary, right? Yeah, because you're mm. not really hurting the government; you're hurting the people, right? Like, yeah. Maybe it brings a lot of attention to the issue, if nothing else. Uh, you're yeah. right; it does. I mean, it hurts you know, the economy of Georgia a little bit, but you're moving it somewhere else. So you're helping somewhere else. It's not like, mm. you know, true. Wasn't uh, it a couple of years. Was it a couple of years ago when like, didn't Georgia do some like anti-gay marriage law or something like that? And the wasn't like production companies pulling out of Georgia. It was, I think it was abortion. Mm. Yeah. It was, abortion. it was an abortion law. That's what it was. Yeah. It was an abortion yeah, law yeah. or something. I couldn't remember what exactly what it was, but I remember like production companies pulling out and yeah. Yeah. Know. A lot of actually night, night movie. Yeah. Movie business got, got and they moved to somewhere else. Yeah. 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 A funny balance between a lot of like rural deep south red counties voting on stuff and then atlanta being like a major metropolis with like you know international companies want to participate in uh, the friction between those two is i don't know interesting yeah uh, all right so let's uh let's move on to a lighter topic as usual 
Bruce Lee. So yeah, let's <laughs> uh, bring on a question, I guess. All right. Well, shoot. Why don't you give us like your your brief spiel about what Bruce Lee means to you slash how no, you discovered I, of him? Or you want us no. to just start on questions? No, actually, I'm gonna start with a question for you guys. I'm assuming okay. everybody knows Bruce, who Bruce Lee is. So if you don't know, you know. You're probably living under a rock, right? So, <laughs> so I, I guess I want to ask you guys: When did you first like hear about her of Bruce Lee? I mean, that's he's one of those people who was so famous and before our time that I don't even remember, right? Like it's like you you're a child and you just know who Bruce Lee is. You don't remember the first time you heard about him. Yeah. I mean, yeah, I was probably a kid. I mean, I always loved martial arts movies and stuff, but I mean, seeing Enter the Dragon was just awesome. You know, I mean, I also love Jackie Chan and like mm-hmm. Donnie Yen and stuff, you know, uh, like, so right. I, I, I love martial arts movies. So Bruce Lee, yeah, I can't remember exactly how old I was, probably like a kid or something like that and caught his movie and was like, awesome. So and I don't even know if I've seen all of his stuff, but, you know, good portion of it. So it's actually been a while since I've seen a lot of his movies. So, yeah, no. but he's great. No, I watched a lot of Jackie Chan, Steven Seagal. Oh, yeah. Aikido. Aikido guy. Aikido, yeah, that's right. Steven Seagal, if you watch his movies, the early ones, my two favorites were Out Out for Justice and Above the Law. And he had like, he didn't have, and when he gets his ponytail, and the longer Steven Seagal's hair gets, the worse his movies are. Even though they're great. Like, I love them. Like, I'm like, I love Under Under Siege and Under Siege 2 and stuff, but they're just cheesier as his hair got longer. So, but uh, yes. (laughs) Interesting. Yeah, yeah. Is is he he like Russian now? You think he's. He changed his citizenship. Oh, did he? Steven Seagal? I know there's some weird yeah. stuff. I know he had like a, wasn't he? He was a cop for a while. Didn't he have some cop show that he was doing? Yeah, oh, like, yeah. he did have a cop show he was doing. Yeah, was I don't know. that really... New Orleans police or something too? That might have been. That might have been, yeah. Aikido is perfect for those stuff, right? You you want to disable people without, you know, without like kidding them, right? The soft right. style. It's <laughs> It's perhaps the best use of Aikido. That's <laughs> what the way I will put that. Mm. What Shu and Mike know that the audience doesn't is I have opinions about Aikido and they're not positive. <laughs> Aikido has its places. It has its places. Mm-hmm. You know, yeah. it can do its thing. It can, you know. Mm-hmm. All right, we we can we'll maybe we it. might get into why Aikido is bad from your perspective later. But I think some the of other... the questions will get there. Yeah. 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 <laughs> What about you? Oh, yeah. I think, do, do I ask you already, Mike, when you first heard of Bruce Lee? Yeah, well, I assume oh, okay. yeah, when I was young and watching those. Gotcha, gotcha. So, so I guess uh, the, the other question, like, why why do you like him? Like, what's he, what's his, what is his appeal to you guys? At least, I'm assuming that's a, some, some kind of appeal. Hmm. Well, I, I think it's cool. I mean, I've seen some of his movies. I'm not really that crazy about the old martial arts movies. They, mm. you know, they're cool, but it's not like a huge fan or anything. But I do think it's really interesting, especially when I was like refreshing on some of his thoughts, some of his writing and stuff, how he is really, I mean, he really was a precursor to the, like the modern MMA in a lot of ways. Mm-hmm. And I think it's a real shame that he died because I think he would have loved UFC. Like, mm. I think he would have been like, this is validation of so many of his ideas on martial arts. Um, you know, and seeing how it evolves. So I think he was a man before his time. <laughs> Definitely. Uh, I guess, I mean, I guess he was super, a superstar. So maybe he was also a man of his time, but from like yeah. a fighting perspective, he was ahead of the times. Yeah. Well, he created his own style, you know, I mean, yeah. Jeet, Jeet Kune Do. That's right. You know, so I mean, yeah, he definitely would have appreciated MMA for sure. So mm. I think even some, don't some fighters actually try to like, study Jeet Kune Do, maybe some MMA guys to think or maybe I, I mean know. probably I don't think it's really that much like I don't think there's that much of like a concrete style to Jeet Kune Do. it's almost right. more like a philosophy yes which like I said I think if you look at most MMA practitioners sort of inherently adapted anyway even if whether they took it from Bruce Lee himself or it's just like hey this is just kind of like a consensus of like hey yeah this is the right way to do things and we know that now but like in the 70s that was you know, revolutionary. No one knew that, right? Yeah. Or not many it, people were talking about it. Yeah. I would say if Bruce Lee would say about Jeet Kune Do is that he doesn't want other people like to follow him, right? It's almost like follow, like you can study Jeet Kune Do, but you know, you almost like make it your own, right? You don't follow everything that he says that you should do, like techniques and stuff, but 
make it your own somehow, right? So it doesn't have to be, you don't need to follow the structure like very strictly, right? So, yeah. Yeah. All right. So, well, yeah, I, Mike? I would just say that I, I, I don't know nearly as much about him as any of you, but I mean, I would say that, uh, like, I appreciate just from the reading I did leading up to the episode, uh, like, I named the episode a quote I liked by him, which is basically as, let's see, as you think, so shall you become. So I like right. that type of philosophy. You know, I mean, I think certainly, like, I've lived my life basically being like, if I train, like, if I push really hard in a certain direction, you're able to attain what you want to, so... I mean, mm. obviously, he pushed, you know, to turn his body into a weapon, essentially, so, and mm. was successful at doing that. And also, I think what I learned about his death, like, I think that can show you, like, pushing too far in that direction can also be a negative thing. But so that's, I think his life teaches interesting lessons. So, mm. Wait, are you, okay, so, I guess, uh, so you have you, you have you been just le- learning about him recently, or do you know about his philosophy reading stuff already before? No, I mean I may have encountered it in my life, but no, I oh. mean it's he, like if you would ask me like Bruce Lee, I would have said like the you know I know martial art, like I know martial arts, and he was in movies, and that's basically mm. like I had, <laughs> I had a very superficial appreciation yeah. of him before this. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think I think one amazing thing I think about him is I, I as Matt you already mentioned I, I really like his philosophy, his writing as well. So he's one one thing I think one thing that surprised a lot of people and then uh, a lot of people just think he is like a martial artist, but he actually is a philosopher as well. He actually went to Seattle University of Seattle and actually majored in philosophy, right? Mm. So yeah. All right, Shay. Well, then let's let's. I want to ask you his sure. Bruce Lee's most famous quote. Do you know what it is? Or I feel like most famous philosophical statement. Yeah. Yes. Oh, I wanted. To, okay, what is it? Be like water. That was. I, I do exactly what. <laughs> be like. So, be like shoot, water, my friend. Sue, I want to ask you what you think "be like water" means. So, be be like water. That's not wrong quote. Okay. Oh, you, no. know the, you need to get rid of like, right? Oh, like be, water. Be water. So, yes, be, it's called the full quote is "Be water, be water. my friend." Mm. Be water, right. my friend. Yes. So, well, first of all, I'm gonna talk about my a little bit caveat about like water, right? Be like water is not correct. Because like water, that means you are not water, right? If you are water, you, if you are water, you cannot. There's no need for you to be like water, right? Mm. <laughs> so. Right. So anyway, so yeah, let's go back to the main topic. Is be water. What does that mean? It means like be, in terms of that be someone is like can be very simply put, adapt to any kind of situation, right? Don't be uh, restricted to any kind of structure, right? So not everything you learn, right? And then when you apply it, you know, you don't have to apply it exactly in the way you learn it somehow. Be fluid right so yeah so i would say just be adaptable if you want to think about it in that way right mm-hmm. but i mean the way he say is now if you put water into a cup it becomes the cup right if you put water into a bottle it becomes becomes the bottle because and then like water can flow right like very like gently right like very like can flow but it also when it has very a lot of power like tsunami right it can crash right can destroy it has so much power uh, in is uh, when when you want to destroy anything, right? So, so yeah, so um, so yeah, you can do that with your. I mean, everything you, I guess, uh, be like. That's why I guess uh, being water is uh, is a model inspiration. You want to be something like that when you yeah do everything yeah. Mm. And then you know you know when you, um, if you talk about martial art fighting, right? It's like you don't want to go hard on hard. Now, if someone punch you, you don't want to just punch at the same time, right? You actually flow with the, ten- the punch, right? You want to maybe, you maybe you extend your hands out, you know, guide the punch, you know, into st- other directions, flow with it, and then attack back, right? So it's like, don't, hit, don't crash into an obstacle, basically go around it, kind of in a way. Anyway, so that's, I'm not sure if I did a very good job explaining it, but yeah. Any questions on that? On that? 
No, I think that was pretty spot on. I'll tell you what my, one of my second, my, one of my favorite quotes from him is don't pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Mm. And I like that quote a lot. Oh, because oftentimes people wish they want like an easy life, but you're like, yeah, there's no such thing. Right. You know, so you need the strength to endure a tough one. So I've always liked that quote. Can you repeat that? Actually, I never, I don't think I have heard it before. It's uh, don't pray for an easy life. Pray for the strength to endure a difficult one. Ah, okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Yeah. 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 I always liked that one. That was pretty cool. Yeah. So I want to go back to that being water a little bit. Do you know how he came up with that uh, be water? Mm -mm. You don't know the story. So, okay. When he first started Wing Chun when he was like 13, like maybe 15, or maybe he was like 16. So, I mean, he started martial art when he was like 13, right? And then he kept training. And then one day, like when he was probably 16 or 17, he was training really hard. And then during the class, his uh, teacher, the Wing Chun teacher, Ip Man, you know, had, and there's a movie about Ip Man already. Yep. But anyway, he he looked at Bruce Lee. He's like very like, impatient, always like go hard. Like when he's training, he always go hard and very tense, like very like not calm, right? Not being peaceful. Not relaxing, right? Not relaxed. So, so the so the teacher you always ask uh, tell Bruce that you need to uh, Bruce, you need to come, you know, relax more, relax more, relax, be more peaceful with your technique. Don't train too hard, right? So he just like, but he can't get it. He just like, okay, I must relax. But you, when you tell yourself you like, you must relax, it's almost like antithesis of relaxing, right? So anyway, he got frustrated. So the doctor, I mean, his teacher sent him back home like to not train for a week right so so during that way he just like not training but he just got very frustrated so one day he basically just take his boat out to the to the to the river there just to i don't know to relax get some uh exercise in just rowing right and then one one time and then as he was in the boat he was thinking about like uh his class what his teachers uh told him and he just got very, very frustrated. So he came, so he's, and, and that time when he, and that frustration, he punched in the water, right? Yeah. And then when he punched in the water, he realized, what the hell is going on? Like water, when you punch it, you just like, doesn't do anything to the water, right? You know, water just like, doesn't care. It's like, it flows. And you, when he tried to grasp in the water, you know, you can't grasp it. It's like, it, it flows out of your, you know, you can't really hold it, right? So then that's when he hit, um, this epiphany like oh just be water because that's what it means like it's not martial artist right it's every martial artist he's tried to be water so that's kind of his philosophy right and from that you know the martial artist martial art actually to him is more than just martial art just fighting right? it's, it's, it's a metaphor for life kind of in a way right because uh, when you fight when you're actually fighting with someone Right. When you're sparring with someone, actually, that's is where it's, it's almost a laboratory where you can test yourself, like experiment with things. Right. So, like, for example, like, I, I think he like to say that, I mean, to, like, to know yourself is to study oneself in action with another person. Right. So, and the fighting is one of those, right, where you can test things out. Right. And because and, sometimes when you fight, you know, someone punch you in the face, you got really angry. Right. And that's when you, if you, if you get really angry with the other person, you actually, you probably going to lose the fight, right? Because you are not controlling your emotion. So basically, now, if you sparring is almost like a way to control, to practice that. But anyway, yeah, going back to the water story, that's how he come up with an epiphany on be water. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Any thoughts? I remember that story now. That sounds familiar. Because uh, Itman it is the, by the way, have you seen any of the Itman movies? They're pretty awesome. Yeah. I haven't seen all of them, but they're pretty. Speaking of Donnie Yen, Donnie Yen does it, man. So, yeah, and also oh. Matt is a hater of Wing Chun, so he doesn't. He's not <laughs> what? Wing Chun. Oh, Wing! I was gonna say Wing Chun is a pretty damn. I think that's a. I think that's like top tier martial art. I think. Mm, all right. Well, we will get into this a little bit, perhaps, yeah. perhaps. So, oh, wow. uh, facts of Jeet Kune Do number nine. Okay, so in the Tao Jeet Kune Do. Jeet Kune Do, however you pronounce it. There's 16 facts. Number nine, all-out sparring and actual combat training on moving targets. Okay. So, I mean, it's it's kind of just a statement that doesn't have the full, but I think the larger context is, especially when you include some of those other things, is that for martial arts, it's very important to have that, what I would call live training, 
or sparring. Mm -hmm. And I think this is something his book emphasizes and something some martial arts, like a lot of Wing Chun schools today, um, don't have where they, uh, you know, don't really do full contact sparring that basically teaches you how to really fight. What do you think about that, Shu? Um, so I guess you're talking about, so you, I th- are, you, are you saying that your main criticism of Wing Chun is that it doesn't do a lot of full contact fighting? Uh, is it, you don't think it's kind of practical, right? That's your yeah. main... I yeah. would say... I mean, yeah, okay. So I was going to kind of go more for from talking about Bruce Lee's quote, but like, yeah, my opinion on Wing Chun and other martial arts, and this is a school-by-school thing, right? So it's hard to encompass something that's practiced around the world. It's not going to be the same everywhere. But a lot of places... Um, yeah, they don't really do real hard sparring or live combat. And mm-hmm. because of that, they don't really practice realistic scenarios or techniques because mm-hmm. they're not kind of pressure tested, basically. Oh, yeah. And this I is mean, why, I mean, there's been, you can find a few videos of people who try to take Wing Chun into MMA, UFC mm-hmm. style stuff. And there's two things that happen. Either one, they stick closely to sort of the Wing Chun style and then they get destroyed or two, they have some minor influence from it, but they've largely adapted to the more generic MMA style, right? They've Mm. shifted a lot of aspects of their fighting based on other things. um, And then they look a lot more similar. Now, of course they have their own flavor and style that could, you know, kind of show kind of their different background, but it's not so significant. Yeah. So I want to respond with two points. I think first point is that all most of a lot of martial arts, they don't do a lot of, Hanging full contact training, right? So that that is a very fair point. Uh, Not a lot of martial arts do that. Even the style I'm training in right now, we don't do much. Even initially, I was drawn to the sparring part, but you know, as you go, you just like practice the forms, right? And also other stuff. And you don't very maybe less than ten percent of the time uh, you do. I would say maybe sometimes less than five percent of the time you do like actually sparring. And even mm-hmm. sparring, you actually wear the gears, right? And you, you, you do like some very safe sparring, like no gouge to eyes, of course, no elbows, and then very like point sparring kind of thing. I think that's very, very fair, right? But however, I was, I would say like, uh, cause you, but because you are assuming that martial art is, should be, uh, is, uh, I mean, I guess uh, your your point. You assuming that everybody want to study martial arts because they want to learn how to fight, which is good, which is which is, which is correct. But some of them is, is for self defense exercise, right? Uh, or the philosophy of it. And then martial art to me is almost like meditation emotion, right? You very meditated studying the form. So so that's why uh, I'm okay with not doing that all the time. But I would say we, I think. All martial artists need to do more of that, right? What yeah. What are you uh, What are you studying, Shu? What martial arts are you practicing? Kan Yu, which means hard and soft in Vietnamese, is a Vietnamese martial art. Has is a combined like combined combined like seven style of martial art, and then it's called hard and soft. So hard style is like Shotokan karate, right? These are hard, very hard style, and the soft style is more like Tai Chi, Aikido. Mm. So basically, combine all these principle heart and soft principles together and into a style so you kind of study all that right so mm-hmm. it actually we we have a dojo here so it's a plug so some issue dojo so if you want to go check it out you actually can uh study if you want to yeah so yeah. okay yeah so, so so the matt is your is so, so matt your main issue with wing chun is more just like a lot of schools and, and you know don't practice the full contact but if they did how would you feel about it well i think if they did i think they would usually realize that like some of the things you see a lot of Wing Chun practitioners doing Mm. aren't really effective. Mm. Um, And yeah, that would be, so I guess I'm going to, I'm going to get into this through another quote to get into a larger topic. Um, So Bruce Lee, this is a quote from his book. It's all right to change one's style to adapt to various circumstances, but remember not to change your basic form by changing style. I mean, switching your plan of attack. Mm. So, so, I really like this quote. I'm going to stretch its meaning a little bit beyond what he literally said, but I've heard this described before that there, there's only one correct technique to do something. Okay. So the, a lot of martial arts do a lot of different things, but I've heard people claim that there's one correct technique to do something. If you want to punch a certain way, there's one right way to do it. And what styles really are 
styles should not be about different ways to punch or kick or do things, but styles should be different approaches to how you fight, like what you try to accomplish, what moves you lean towards and things like that, which makes style much more personal. And a lot of this comes from is when you look at martial arts across the world that have this sort of hard sparring, realistic fighting as part of it, things from Sando in China, which is like Chinese Mm -hmm. uh, kickboxing to Muay Thai, boxing and kickboxing in the West, things like that. You'll see a lot of the techniques and styles and approaches end up looking very similar. So the punches look similar, the kicks look similar, things like that. Um, And the idea is that there's fundamentally as a human, there's a right way to do that. Um, even if different styles may be focused on different approaches to fighting and more like a strategic level or, or they have different rule sets that focus on different techniques, but there's a right way to do a technique. Um, so backtracking a little bit, the important part is that when you do this sort of realistic fighting, you learn what really works and not works. Uh, and again, and this is not just a Wing Chun thing, but a lot of especially in the u.s there's a lot of bs martial arts school that like don't really have people sparring for real they just make you do a bunch of forms and dance essentially which shu makes a great point if you're just looking for exercise and some fun that's fine but if you're claiming to be like hey we teach you how to fight effectively that's like a different thing Mm. right for sure so i want to hop back to your second point before i go into the style thing right i mean the quote of you just mentioned which is very valid and the other ones, I think you were uh, saying that Wing Chun, you see a lot of like, example of Wing Chun people that when they get in the ring with other people, they will stick with Wing Chun and then they end up losing, right? So I, say, I mean, I've seen a few videos. Yeah, yeah. I, don't, I haven't seen like a comprehensive So, so, survey, so I, yeah, I guess my point is that uh, a lot of times, I, I don't think there's one single style that's the best, right? And there's no style you cannot compare. It's hard to really compare the pipe uh style to style so it's always the people the person who practicing right and the, the people that you see in your video in the ring they are probably not the best Wing Chun practitioner right or, the, or even maybe may not even be the average I don't know so so I don't think they are good representation even though they got bit by you know some some karate guy it doesn't mean that karate is better than Wing Chun or boxing is better than Wing Chun even though I do believe like, if you want to really learn fighting you should just learn boxing. Boxing is really good. So anyway, so even though without kicks, right? Kick is kind of usually sometimes. But anyway, so because it got anyway. So so I want to go back. Let's, let's go back to this. I, I guess any any thoughts on the thing I just say about the style and then people? Yeah. I, so I mean, I think that's kind of why I was bringing up that quote yeah. from Bruce Lee, where like style is like how did he put it? You know, by style I mean switching your plan of attack, not your mm. basic form, right? So. Mm. What I would say is when you see some of these Wing Chun people, it's not, you know, it's like sometimes they try to like fundamentally approach like the fight in a way that's different, which would be fine, but it doesn't seem to work, right? Mm. Like the wing, the classic Wing Chun guard of your hands yeah. like this in front of you is not an effective guard. It's not what Bruce Lee put in the Tao yeah. Jeet Kune Do. It's not mm-hmm. what any other martial art uses. And I would argue it's just not actually a good guard to start with. You are disadvantaged by having your hand leading out some yeah. second amount. It's not really covering anything, which just makes your job harder. That's like a specific concrete example. But so the point is, and I, I mean, I think this goes along with Bruce Lee's philosophy where he's like, you're not, it's not supposed to be about a style, but what you see with sometimes with Wing Chun people or other things, I don't want to just beat up on Wing Chun the whole time, but <laughs> you'll see people trying to be like, this is our style, right? Like here's the things that are different. And want, because of that, they try to like conform to that very mm-hmm. concretely rather than just adapting into the just general, like more loose oh, yeah. fluid fa- fighting. Mm-hmm. I, and I think the, the comment on one of the things you're saying, Shil, uh, and I agree, there's definitely no like probably ideal style, but I think when it comes down to fighting, from what in my own personal experience, I think it, you know, size can make a difference in technique, but I, I think what can win fights is just how crazy you are, how willing oh, yeah. you're like. I mean, if you're, you, you can, that guy's like, I've never, I have no training and here you're fighting someone. I mean, okay, fine. If you're a master in something, I mean, yeah, you're probably, you have the advantage, but I think ultimately, yeah, if you're crazy enough to be like, I'll take, I can, you can hit me in the face, but I'm still coming at you. I'm going to take your ass down. I'm crazy enough to just go for it. You're probably going to win the fight. I mean, unless, I mean, some size can be a difference. In, and some things can be a fear, but I think ultimately it comes to the just, are you willing to be like, I will, I want to kill you. Sorry, I'm yeah. probably, did I, bleak, did I skip out? 
we were able to no i think that's true i think sometimes in fighting the you have to take a risk to win it's one of those things like unless you're just like way better than the person being willing to take risks you know doing something that's like hey i might get take some damage doing this gives you an opportunity to win of course you know if you take a risk and you just get like squared in the jaw with a full power punch you probably get knocked out but right no that can definitely be there's definitely an element of that yeah for sure yeah, and then remind me of a question that someone asked Bruce Lee, like, are you confident? Are you, do you think that you can take on anybody uh, on the street or something like that? And I think, I think he was answer was like, uh, he didn't really answer that directly, but he, I, I think he part of the quote, what he says that, uh, if you're gonna, if you want gonna kill me, you know, if you want to defeat me, you actually need to put everything you have in you. Cause I, cause he, Bruce Lee, I am going to, put everything down you know i'm not gonna give up you know just like never i'm gonna put everything my heart my life into it you, know? you better kill me otherwise i'm not gonna you know that, that, that's why if you, that, yeah. that's why if you fight you don't fight to win you fight yeah. to survive that's yeah. how you gotta fight somebody you fight to live you're like you wow. have to be like they're gonna kill me if i don't kill them in some regard you don't kill them right you know because yeah. you're just thinking i just want to win and talk shit you're like yeah it's different right but if you're like not nah, think if it's like this guy's gonna kill me and you have that defense then yeah you're probably gonna but yeah, Bruce Lee used to get challenged all the time by people on the street. People would always yeah. would challenge him and be like, "Yeah, let's fight and do this." And, I would suck. You know. Oh yeah, so, you, so, you just one inch punch him, and then that'd be it. Get away from me. I want to mention something to that though. So that idea of like your fight to survive, you know, like is a lethal thing. Now it's one thing on the street that might be the right way to approach things because you right. never know what someone's going to do. But I've seen people take that logic as an excuse, essentially, to avoid what I that real contact sparring realistic training that i was talking about earlier i've seen talk to people in my life multiple who are like oh i train xyz martial art we don't spar ever because it's too deadly like it's too dangerous like we can't spar with our partners because it's too dangerous so they do this very fake was what i would call Mm. it um you know kind of set up where the partner pretends to do something and then lets you kind of practice that technique on them which whether the te- even if it's a good technique, like it really does work, you will never learn to apply it in a realistic right. scenario if you don't do it on someone who's like actually resisting, actually fighting you. So it doesn't even matter separate from is it a good technique. Um, so yeah, sometimes, honestly, when when people who are martial artists do the do the uh, you know it's too deadly sort of thing, I my first my first thought is sort of skepticism, like. Okay, because look, I would much rather the professional boxer who hasn't learned how to do deadly techniques has just learned how to punch someone in the face really good and practice it for thousands of hours against really good fighters over someone who actually learned the deadliest technique in the world but has never done it against someone moving right. around and trying to hit them, right? Yeah. The boxer is going to win in that scenario all pretty much every time. I think that's actually another Bruce Lee quote where he's like, I don't fear the man who knows like 10,000 kicks. I fear the man who practiced one kick 10,000 times. Yeah. I think that I think that's another yeah. Bruce Lee quote, and exactly. that's true, right? Yeah. I mean, I would if you just can do this one punch, and you're like, I master just a punch. I can't do shit, but mm-hmm. I can punch through a goddamn concrete wall. Then, like, you're pretty good. You're going to be, yeah. you'll probably win, you know, because yeah. it just takes one hit, and then you're you're down. So, let me ask this one question for you guys. Then, what's your favorite martial art? Like, so what do you before, like the most? Be- before I go there, before you go there, I want so I want to summarize Jake's philosophy of fighting is <laughs> be crazy, my friend. I guess. Yeah, be crazy, exactly. Be water, but also be crazy. crazy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Be a tsunami. Just be a tsunami. Yeah. <laughs> All right, let's go with the question. Yeah, so what's your, your favorite? Is, what, yeah, what's my, like your favorite martial art? All right. Uh, you know, I might have to give it to Muay Thai. Those people are crazy oh, right. bastards. Yes. Like, I, I've gone to a couple more, like, amateur Muay Thai fights, even amateurs, right? But, like, they're doing knees and kicks with their shins and elbows with like no covers at all and hitting each other in the legs and face they are tough and they hit hard fast they're probably not the best um (laughs) examples of bruce lee's philosophy of fighting but they hit hard and fast Mm. and they are tough as shit and i would not want to box a muay thai fighter who's good Oh yeah, I agree. I agree with that, matt you should check out the movie it's a jean-claude van damme movie from the 80s called kickboxer if you've ever seen it but it's about Muay Thai. And I mean, those guys will kick like concrete walls with their shins just to strengthen their bones. And like, mm-hmm. it'll like break away like their shin bone to like and regrow more bone to make it like harder. So yeah. they'll just like, it's, I'm with you, man. Muay Thai is really intense. It's, yeah. 
for some yeah. context for our listeners, I've done a handful of martial arts in my life and like Muay Thai was one of them. I trained it for like a year, just kind of through my college years, I kind of hodgepodge different gyms and stuff because I was moving around and I'm never around consistently, but it hurts like a motherfucker to get kicked with someone's shin hard. It hurts oh, yeah. really bad. And to block. So normally they try to kick your thigh, but the block is to pick up and have your own shin intersect, which yes. hurts incredibly, like it's incredibly painful as well to block it correctly. Yeah. It's just, uh, so yeah, they, if you toughen up your shins, they become a serious weapon, but it takes a lot of time and dedication yeah. and, and yeah. hurt to do that. And a, a lot of pain. Absolutely. No, I'm with you. Muay Thai is pretty damn intense. And obviously there's a lot of other great martial arts too, but yeah, those, those now, get special okay. mention. I'll, I'll, okay. Ashu, I'll, I'll say mine and shoot. What are, what are yours? Oh, me. Um, so to me, I guess, uh, similar to Bruce Lee, I don't believe in styles. So I don't really have a fairy style. I just take whatever I like to actually study any style that I encounter to. So, and his philosophy is about like, also, something about his, so first, he doesn't believe in styles, right? And then the other thing is like, learning about any style is like, take what's useful, right? And then uh, discard what's useless, and then uh, add uniquely your own, right? So I kind of like to basically, like, study any styles, and then just take what's not useful to me, you know, and then just like, you know, um, something like that. So so I've been exploring different styles, like Tai Chi, um uh, you know, different other styles, right? So, and any style, I so basically, I, don't, I guess I don't have favorite style because I want to learn every and any other style. However, I'll say I really do like the idea of the soft style, right? Like Tai Chi, Aikido. I like the idea of like you know flowing with your opponent, right? Like so you are not using like just using your brute force, right? And then you the the, the Yin Yang idea of blending, right? Then this Tai Chi idea of like soft, and then but soft doesn't mean it's not powerful, right? So anyway, so I like the f- philosophy idea behind those styles. I would say no, those are my favorite form, but those actually take a long time to learn, to master, like 20 years to master, right? Aikido and Tai Chi stuff, if you be really good at it. So yeah, so I I haven't really started, I have studied Aikido uh, a little bit and I really like it, but anyway, so yeah, so basically soft style, I guess, but yeah. Okay. <laughs> I would say for me, like, I'm going to do different things, right? Because I feel like Muay Thai is definitely awesome for, like, effectiveness, right? It might not look pretty, but mm-hmm. it's but it's effective. I, I also think Krav Maga is pretty freaking cool. Oh, yeah. uh, I think that's really effective. But I think that's like Israeli martial arts sort of deal. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of, like, showiness, like, what looks cool to me, like, I love drunken boxing. Like, that's <laughs> really cool. You know what I'm talking about? You know, like, the yeah. Whole, yeah. You know, like, mm-hmm. you know, and like fighting, like, and I love Shaolin Kung Fu with like the animals. You're like, I'm, I'm fucking snake, you know, and like eagle and stuff, like yeah. and tiger, you know, mm-hmm. whether they're really effective in like, you know, real case scenarios, they look really cool. Cause Matt, you mentioned like old school martial art movies of like the seventies and eighties and stuff like that. I love those old cool Kung Fu ones, even though it's, it's like a dance, like the, the, chore- the choreography of it, it might not be real. Like it's not as intense as like if you watch like Ongbak, right? Um, the protector, uh, Tony Ja, yeah. you know, another great, he does, he's Muay Thai all the way and his shit's, you know, that's like intense, cool fighting. That's a little bit, you know, nowadays, I guess, but like, I don't know. Shaolin Kung Fu is always like cool and showy to me. But in terms of effectiveness, I say like Krav Maga, Muay Thai. I mean, that shit's going to like, if you're fighting someone who's a kickboxer, it, that's going to be a, uh... now wrestling is a different story. Now I, I, I one time talked to a guy who was like, if you had a boxer versus a wrestler, put the money on the wrestler. Hmm. Because they'll grapple you. Because once you get, because if you get a chokehold, you get you get a guy, you get them close. Then like that boxer has nothing. They have nothing. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You, you put them in a chokehold, done. I mean, UFC, the early UFCs taught that lesson very clearly, right? People yeah. who had no ground experience could not, almost never stop the other person from taking the fight to the ground where they got Absolutely. destroyed. And like wrestlers, it's funny because wrestling doesn't really teach you how to do any move that harms your opponent, but it makes you fantastic at getting like the advantageous position on a, the ground. Right. So from Absolutely. there you either, you kind of just, you could just sort of throw a random elbow. It doesn't really matter. Or if you learn a few, you know, arm locks, chokes, a few other things that some other martial arts have to add into that, you become very dangerous. Just a BJJ, right? Brazilian yeah. Jiu-Jitsu? Brazilian I was going to say, you were talking about soft style shoe. What about, I mean, 
the ultimate soft style. And by ultimate, I mean the, the most popular probably now Brazilian jiu-jitsu mm. proven very clearly to be yeah. effective in real fights. Oh yeah, I mean, I, I do like yeah. it too. I mean, I just I haven't practiced as much. Yeah. You, you should do like Caprera. What, what is that? Caprera, whatever, like that. The like dancing one. That's the dancing like, one. Yeah. Yeah. Caprera. Caprera. That's what yeah, it's called. Right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. yeah. Yes, I, 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 I would like to study that as well, actually. But yeah, BJJ is really good. I, I'm not yeah. sure. I would call that soft style, right? People just wrestling, like grappling on the ground, right? So it's it's not. It's a little bit different, I would say, based on the but. Anyway, but yeah, for I guess uh, where I was going with that actually, I'm not sure. But I mean, yeah. isn't it? I mean, jujitsu is a soft style, right? Jujitsu like, is traditional yeah. jujitsu, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. So Brazilian uh-huh. jujitsu is a variant of it, but I yeah, would say took... it's fair to call it a soft style. It's just done on the ground instead of standing right. up. Yeah, right. yeah. I mean, if, if anybody want to and I really learn how to fight on the street, yeah, BJJ obviously you know, highly recommend it because, uh, as they say, ninety percent on the fight and any on the ground, right? Yeah. So, 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 Michael, what's your favorite martial art? Flailing? That your- <laughs> Smith and Wesson, Jake. Yeah. <laughs> there you go. That wins every fight. That yeah, wins every fight. That. What good what is what that. good is a kick if you got a gun? Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh, you, you're talking about a brand, like a gun, brand? a gun. Yeah, Smith and Wesson is like a brand. Is a gun uh, brand. So oh wow. Yeah. <laughs> well, Mike laughs, but you don't have a gun, Mike. Don't lie to us. No, yeah, I, exactly. No, that's true. But I was <laughs> thinking throughout all of this, like to be honest, in today's world, like you know, a thousand punches doesn't mean shit if someone's shot at a target a thousand times. So you know, it's so, fair. fair. I mean, Michael doesn't have a gun; he just has money. So he was like, "I'll sue yeah. you." <laughs> yeah, exactly. yeah. I'll, I'll be did. like, "Here's my wallet. There's a li- limitless credit card in it. Go get it." Yeah. <laughs> then run. <laughs> sounds like sounds like between the four of us, Mike's gonna win the fight every single time. Oh, well, I think <laughs> well, no, because Matt tra- like so Matt showed me like I mean what Matt was talking about earlier with like there's a right way to punch. I mean it makes sense. Like human bodies, like you know the mechanics of them are relatively uniform, and the way to like maximize the force behind the punch, you you know we're gonna do basically the same thing for everyone. Um, but. Like he gave me boxing lessons for about eight weeks in the lab and uh, showed me sort of how to throw punch, how to throw like basic combinations and stuff. But I think it was Shu who during this training session said, like, you want to know what like the best like approach to any fight is, is to run. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Actually, yeah, nice. Lesson well learned. That's such an excellent student. I am. Another, Another martial art I really like is ninjutsu. And I think that's a really cool one too. So, what, what do they actually do? Just being a ninja? Yeah. And, well, so, ninjutsu was about like eye gouging. Cause when you mentioned eye gouging, I was like, are you taking ninjutsu? Cause it's about eye gouging. It's about breaking limbs. And so, yes, it's like, so with ninjas, right? Like in historical times, like ninjas were just like farmers. That's why their weapons were like a sickle and they put on a chain and like their sword, you know, they couldn't afford stuff and they were just spies essentially. And they weren't uh, fighters. Like, so samurais were like, I'm a master swordsman. So if a ninja was like, I'm facing off this, I have to disarm him. Right. So it's about like, so ninjutsu is about like eye gouging. Like you grow your nails out. So you eye gouge, you break limbs, so you get the hell out of there. Because ninjas, they're, they're about evasiveness, right? Like, mm-hmm. they don't want to fight. It's about stealth. It's about spine. You know, they didn't really wear the, like, you know, I mean, maybe during the Warring States period, they had some of the traditional what we think of ninjas, right? But they wouldn't wear black because black could stand out. So they would really wear, like, blues or, like, browns and, like, greens to blend in with the night more. And they would spy, and they were, like, you know, just farmers. Just It started off just, like, small-time thing, small things, but then obviously like daimyos would hire these people they would train and ninjatos are like shorter swords but they have like the square uh suba or the hilt or whatever like the guard would be square because what they would do is like stab that in the ground and step on it so they can climb up stuff and then grab it with their feet and pull their sword up essentially but ninjutsu was always kind of neat whether that has real world stuff nowadays i mean who even trains in ninjutsu anymore i mean i don't even know where you'd go for a school i mean probably in japan i'm guessing but like I think if if you could find a, I think it also had a form of jujitsu and stuff, and a, a sort of a soft style, but being like instead of a hold, I'm gonna just break your arm or I'm gonna gouge your eyes and then get the hell out of there. How did you How did you know so much about it? I actually really love Japanese history. I, oh. I eat that stuff up. So, cause I think as a kid, I love like samurais and ninjas and it's like, uh, you know, so I just would like looked up at a lot of that stuff. So I think it's really sounds that's real a cool weeb. Movie. I know, right? So no. we, we didn't know. Get out of here, Matt. Get out of here. 
No. Well, now oh. I'm getting now I'm getting to like Korean stuff, so I'm getting to I'm being a queen oh, yeah. now. Yeah. Oh wait, what's 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 weave again? Weave, weave is short yeah. for weeaboo, which is like yeah. the uh, stereotypically like the Americans or Western people obsessed with Japan and Japanese uh, culture and stuff. I don't have a, I don't have a waifu pillow or whatever. So, <laughs> you know, <so laughs> All right, sounds good. So I'm going back to the Bruce Lee and some of the styles. Uh, going back to Matt's quote that brought up about style, right? So have you heard? For, have you heard of the? Do you know like for his his founding principle, his basically main philosophy for Jeet Kune Do? Do you know what's the main philosophy? Like can summarize in like a sentence. I think he he actually had it a writing somewhere on his style. Be water. Yeah, be no. water. <laughs> it's called he he's the, the, the saying for his Jeet Kune Do is basically use no style as style. And use no ha, and having low no limitation as limitation kind of thing. Mm. So yeah, use no style. So yeah, he he believed he. That's why going back, now, he doesn't believe in style because he believed that style actually separates people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and I mean, so yeah, so then that's what he. So um, yeah, it's not. Then that can actually go going back to like a lot of like government stuff, right? Like a lot of people like believe in certain form of governments like really in the best for every country, right? For I think American like Matt and probably would believe that oh democracy or capitalism is the best, right? You can sure apply it to every single country maybe. But actually like if you're using like net style I mean same thing, right? In like not every form of government is good for everybody, right? And and going back to martial art a little bit, even within a single style, the way you're doing a technique is different right is you even though you teach a single technique like one way and the style may say oh you do it this way but every individual gonna do it very differently right you should adapt the style to you not you to the style basically right so like for example the, you do a karate punch or something right the punch is a punch but it individually might do it differently right so basically adapt that to so anyway yeah so that's something that uh about style yeah that no, makes sense because I mean a style it, it could rigid you're rigid in that right yeah. and if someone comes at you with something like you know if you're if your style is more like okay I, I'm better with like punches but they're like I'm a, I'm a taekwondo somebody mainly kicks you're not used to that so you got to adapt yeah. to, to everything you know and then even right. use environment you could be like Jackie Chan and use an environment like kick up a chair and like throw it out a guy <laughs> so so what do you think Shu just open ended question how do you think Bruce Lee would view like the modern MMA UFC, do you think he'd be like, this is exactly what I was talking about? Do you think he would have, like, obviously they fight a little different than he did, but do you think right. he would have ended up fighting the same, like hypothetically he had it been oh, yeah. in that time? I think he, he, yeah. he advocated, he advocated that all right. Like, as we'll call you about, like, he, he really advocated like full combat sparring, uh, like full contact, full out, right? No rules, right? How, how he would say he might, he might go actually a little bit beyond MMA, like, no rules, right? So anything goes back in his style. So actually, like, one of the rumor, like, actually not rumor, like, a uh, fight that when he was in start of school in uh, Chinatown, like, in San Francisco, right? He tried to teach, like, uh, martial arts to other, everybody, like, not mm-hmm. just Chinese, right? So he actually got in, um, the other, like, traditional Chinese schools, say, send challengers to him, right? So, hey, you mm-hmm. cannot teach, you know? white people or black people, most Chinese Kung Fu, right? So, but so, so he ended up, so during that challenge, actually, when, when they tried to sit down and set out the, set on the rules, Bruce Lee basically saying, there's no rules, right? Everything goes like eye gouging, everything goes, right? And that's why when one of his, one of his movies, I think the second movie, Chinese Connection, he mm. actually, uh, he actually bite the opponent, right? When he got like, unlock or something he just bite it right so that's, that's his philosophy now anything goes no yeah so yeah i would say so he i would say he in summary he really, really love mma but i'm not sure yeah he might go a little bit farther but i'm not sure how <laughs> practical they're gonna be right so bruce lee would be like can we just recreate the coliseum <laughs> yeah, just, exactly. you know fight to the death and pay for it here we go you but, know he taught kareem kareem abdul jabbar too yeah, yeah. I didn't it was know in, that. Yeah, That's it was in Game of Death. In fact, he yeah. died, I believe, making Game of Death, yeah. and they had to use like a different actor to fill in some of those parts. And I think yeah. that was Bruce Bruce Lai. Yeah, it was L I. <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> All right, so yeah, so we got five more minutes, right? So let's. Uh, oh, there's one let's... more quote I wanted to bring All up. Right, go ahead. 
unless you had something more important you wanted to say. No, I'll say let's start with go with your quote. All right, I like this quote. Keep the uh, argumentation going. Okay, so here it comes. Instead of going to the heart of things, flowery forms and artificial techniques are ritualistically practiced to simulate actual combat. Thus, instead of being in combat, these practitioners are doing something about combat. So this is another quote from him in his book. Um, Mm. I think pretty clearly criticizing martial arts and martial artists who spend a lot of times doing complex forms, Mm -hmm. which is very common. I did that for years as a kid in karate, right? Mm -hmm. Oh, absolutely. Which makes sense for now because it's America, right? You're just like, I'm paying for my kid. I mean, a lot of martial arts schools, I think nowadays, it's sort of like you pay for your, you practically pay for your belts. You know what I mean? Like, you know, so it's very, there's no real world application. And and I agree with Bruce being like, yeah, I mean, what's the, I mean, but also with what you should say, I mean, if you want to take it, good meditation, you don't have to take martial arts to fight. I think there's definitely a, you know, a deeper meaning behind it. But uh, if you want to be able to defend yourself, you got to be able to kick some ass. So this is what I was going to bring up about Aikido, basically the most of what I've seen, I even took a few classes once, um, you know, just to do it myself too. Uh, it's a lot of this, right? Like a lot of forms and things where the partner kind of, even when you have a partner, they like are intentionally going with you. They're helping you do it. And not a lot of, again, live practice. It it reminds me of like that one, you know, the movie and you see it a lot in like movies where it's like, I'm going to jump up and I'm going to grab your neck with like your head with my legs. And I'm going to like do this cool flip thing and like throw you. Right. Mm. Like that is something that like, that would never happen in real life, right? <laughs> right. Like, because yeah. like, you have to, like you just said, you have to go with, especially the throws, right? You're sort of like letting yourself being thrown. And it's like in real life, if someone tried to actually throw me, I'm like, okay, then I'm put, you're putting a force back. Like, how am I, you're not going to do that. You know I mean? Unless yeah. you're stronger than me, then you will. But I agree with that. Yeah. You know, there needs to be some more real world application there. Like, yeah. Otherwise, what's the point? Well, I mean, so I, I won't go back to note. Yeah. Go ahead, Mike. Well, I was just going to say, like, as I listen to all of this, like the debate about the usefulness of different styles and the, you know, sort of the, I guess, more uh like, I guess, workout aspect, like workout aspect or something. Like, I mean, I think all of these different styles can be viewed as almost like involvement in any sport, right? I mean, they're just going to teach you discipline. They're going to get you in shape. They're going to like make an athlete out of you in some way, like some coordination is involved in all of these. And essentially like you're driving towards some goal that requires discipline to attain, which I think that generalizes to, you know, life more general. So of course, yes, there are going to be more styles that make you in specific combat situations. Some styles are going to be more useful in the real world. But I mean, again, like part of this could just be for athleticism and like learning discipline. All right. You're trying to be friendly about everything and that might <laughs> all be true, but I'm trying to generate controversy here. Shoot. So, Does Bruce Lee's philosophy say Aikido is bad? Yes or no? No, no, actually. Uh, well, well, you Aikido, I've been practicing Aikido actually in the way that I, everybody letting you go, like go with it. In the beginning, that's what you need to do, right? You need to practice just, that's why you keep doing that, right? The people actually going with it, actually, sometimes they will resist, right? If you're not doing correctly, they will feel it, right? You actually feel that, actually. So Aikido is very useful, art actually, to being connected with each other. So, well, things have two minutes, I think. I mean, mean, regarding forms too in karate, right? Forms are important too. It's a structure learning tool. But of course, if you just focus on the forms, of course, it's going to be bad, right? Form is almost like a choreograph dance, right? You practice it, but it's not a dance technique, right? It's a, it's a way for you to practice it, but it's not it's not tool, but it's not the whole thing, right? So, yeah, it's, as Bruce needs, don't focus on the finger. Otherwise, you're going to miss the moon, I guess, right? <laughs> mm. yeah. And so I guess uh, for me, I want to say last few things uh, about Bruce Lee. Basically, I think uh, he's what he... Martial arts to me is basically means to him is to express himself complete honestly. That's what that's martial art means to me, to him, right? And I think that's I I like that as well. And that's why like every movie, everything you do, like I think that's why people like him because he's so real. Like he's just he always advocating be yourself, right? But be yourself, you need to know yourself first, right? So that's he used martial art as a tool to kind of discover himself a little bit to know himself so self-knowledge right but yeah but his things that's why i like because every time i see his interviews his movies i think that people like him is because he just 
I don't know, just so real. That's why he resonates with every kind of people, like different country, different race. It doesn't really matter. He almost like transcends like race in a way. So, so yeah, and he's that's why he's very competent because he doesn't really care because he's being fucking real, right? So, so I guess uh, that's something that I want to yeah closing as that uh, yeah. Just so yeah, be real, I guess, and be water. Yeah. Be water, be real. <laughs> yeah. Real water. Yeah. Be real so water. Then, yeah, and there's a lot of things that we did not touch on. Maybe we're gonna save it for maybe a part two sometime in the future. So you could always bring it up again. Yeah, it's true. Yeah. What was right. the number one thing you want to touch on that we couldn't talk about? That's that's one of the thing. That be water. Like be water, and then use no sound as style, right? And then be real. Yeah, mm. things. Yeah. Right, well, yeah. good oh. advice. And next. Oh, week. oh. yeah. And there's <laughs> one thing that empty your cup. I forgot how to do how to tell a parable in a story. That I'm empty your cup. So anyway, maybe next. Every time he teaches class, sometimes he teaches students just like empty your cup before you come to the class. Mm. Yeah. Mm. So like your mind yeah, exactly. like come in without prejudice or assumptions. Yeah, yeah. Just right. yeah. Yeah, and there's a Free. terrible okay. now I want to tell, but I forgot. So anyway, time's up for this week. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> okay, well, next week we're going from that to taking drugs to make yourself feel better. <laughs> so, yeah. From martial arts to drugs, perfect. Yeah, yeah. yeah dude. For, okay, next couple of weeks, me and Matt might be defending our de- uh, defense. So we might take a few breaks. We'll see. Yeah. Well, yeah. If you need to take, you know, next week or any other week, you know, just stay tuned. If we're here, we're here. (laughs) All right. So, Mm -hmm. and I'll take us off. So we are no longer live. Junto Club.